Hello and welcome to Season 4 of the VoiceOver Hour podcast, brought to you by the VoiceOver Network, an organization that is dedicated to helping, supporting and strengthening the voiceover industry. Now, my name's Rachel Naylor, and I'll be your host. I've been a voice actor for over 20 years, working in all areas of voiceovers, from video games to commercials to animation to promos. I'm also editor of The Buzz magazine, which is the only magazine in the world dedicated to the voiceover industry. I'm director at Elements Demos, founder and CEO of The Voiceover Network, and I'm also a multi-award winning entrepreneur. I talk to some amazing experts in our industry, including voice actors, agents, producers, and casting directors. They'll be sharing their stories as well as information and advice to help you with your voiceover journey. And that's what this podcast is all about. So the VoiceOver Network is the number one place for voiceover professionals to get the best training, help, support, opportunities, and access to an amazing supportive community. Head over to the voiceovernetwork.org website to see all the amazing events and workshops we have going on. I started the VoiceOver Network over eight years ago. I can't believe that now. Because I wanted to create a safe place for voiceover professionals from around the world to come together to get help, support and advice. And to strengthen this amazing industry we work in. The VoiceOver Network is a global community of voiceover professionals of all levels. So people who've been in the industry for over 40 years and people just starting out. And I'm so proud of what we've created. I want to empower you on your voiceover journey. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the VoiceOver Hour podcast. So today I am going to be talking to the award-winning voice actor Doug Cockle. Now, he has worked in theatre, film, television, radio, video games, and corporate videos for over 25 years. Known primarily for his work as the voice of Geralt of Riviere in the Witcher video game series. Other credits include Horizon Zero Dawn, The Division, G2 Fighter, Blair Witch, Terminator Resistance, and many more. Plus, He was also a speaker at our Get Your Game on London 2022 event. Welcome, Doug. Hello. Hello, Rachel. Really, really pleased to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me on the podcast. Oh, thank you so much for joining us. It's really great to have you here and, um, yeah, and kind of learn from you and hear about your story. And I know that, yeah, you've, you've done loads in your career. So, yeah, how did you, how did you find yourself in the world of voice acting well well it was an accident um i uh i it's it's interesting now i think for for me anyways it's it's interesting because when because now young actors young in in just in the industry or or in age um are always asking me you know how do they get into voice acting and the and the you know the answers i have now are are multitudinous but uh, the answers to that question when I got into voice acting were, I have no idea. I fell into it by accident, um, particularly with the games. I I graduated from uh, my MFA program in the States in 1999 and immediately moved to the UK because my wife is British and we just thought we'd come over here for a couple of years and that's turned into over 20 years now. As things like that happen, <laughs> um, 
And I never thought about gaming uh, voiceovers for games or voiceovers at all. It was just, it wasn't part of the training I received. And I think that's often true of, of my generation. I don't know if you had um, training for voiceovers when you went through drama school. Did you, Rachel? No, no. We did do a little bit on radio drama. I remember we, uh, we did a little yeah, bit yeah. of radio drama. There's the I whole, remember, yeah. There's the Carlton Hobbs thing. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, most drama schools try to get in on that. Yeah. Yeah, but there was nothing. <clears throat> there was nothing like that for me. And when I first moved to the UK, I had done a few very small voiceover kind of things, but they were for small local uh, kind of things. I moved to England, and I I managed to blag my way into a uh, a role in a show at uh, the York Theatre Royal. It was my first UK job, and through that, I met a, a um, an acting agent who didn't know what to do with an American in England. And frankly, I didn't either. I, I was finding my way as well. But she called me a few weeks after, after meeting me and said, hey, Doug, I've got this, um, this company in Harrogate. I was up in York. And she said, I've got this company in Harrogate who, are, who do um, voiceovers, video games, and they're interested in having you come along because they need an American voice. Would you like to go and audition? And I, I went to the audition and it was my first time ever working like that on microphone. I had no idea what I was really doing. And it was for Mark Esdale of Outsource Media UK. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So way back when, 1999, yeah. his company was only a year old or maybe two years yeah. old. And it was one of the it was a it was a one of the first big games that they worked on, if I remember correctly. And I managed to get the the lead role. And from then on, it was really just learning on the job. It was, you know, showing up and finding out what works, taking direction, figuring out what clothes to wear. I mean, the number of times I showed up in a studio and had on something that was just mildly too noisy for the yeah. microphone. But I had no idea because nobody had told me what you can and can't wear in a booth. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, like now you and I, you know, for the listeners, Rachel and I can see each other because we're on a, we're on a video call. So I can see that yeah. she's wearing a very appropriate top for working yeah. on mic. And it's yeah. very similar to the top I'm wearing. So we're both wearing, yes. you know, cotton t-shirts because we both know that they don't make much noise, but yeah. you don't, I didn't know that when I first started out, I just showed up in whatever was comfortable. So that's how I got in to mm -hmm. voice acting. It, purely by accident. I trained as an actor for theater and I hoped to do some television and film. And I was very fortunate to be able to do some of that. But uh, very quickly, I found myself doing voiceovers a lot. So the majority of my career has been games, actually. Yeah. I've done some radio. I've done some, I've done lots of different voiceover kind of jobs, but games has been my mainstay in terms of income and, and experience. And I love it. Yes. Awesome. And of course, so let's talk a little bit about The Witcher because, I mean, it's just such a huge game. What, what, what is it like being the voice of, uh, you know, such a well-known character in a massive game? <sighs> it's a... <laughs> It's a bit like that. You know, what do I say? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, it's not probably nearly as glamorous as some would think. Yeah. Um, it's a lovely thing. I, I, I think the honest, immediate answer is 
it's lovely to be a part of something that is just such a wonderful, magical game that so many people love. Yeah. Just that alone is a blessing. You know, it's, um, it's the kind of thing most actors dream of um, having as part of their career. Because as you know, you know, actors, we, we tend to move from job to job. Yeah. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a jobbing lifestyle. It's self-employed. You know, we, we do one job, we have a great time. We meet great people. We move to the next job. We have a great time. Hopefully we meet great people, yeah. you know, and, and that's how this works. Yeah. So to be involved with, with a, with an IP and with a company and a fan base mm. for such a long time. And, and also it's not just being involved with what the Witcher three has become. Um, it's the, it, I've been on the journey from when it was nothing from when yeah. Witcher one was just another game being recorded by a little independent developing studio in Poland who nobody knew anything about. Nobody knew anything about the books that the game is based on, except for people who could read Polish. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was, it, it was, it, it went from being this this wonderful little pipe dream that a, deve a developer in Poland had to this thing that is a global phenomenon now. And now yeah. there's a Netflix series and, you know, the, yeah. off the back of the games, the books came to a much wider, to a global audience because they were yeah. translated into English. And, you know, so it's it, my experience being part of this game, this franchise, this brand, whatever you want to call it, has been kind of the stuff of dreams. Yeah. Um, but it's, I, I think what I'm trying to say is what's been wonderful about it is I didn't just suddenly show up into an already existing franchise yeah. that was already big. I was there for the journey from when it was nothing mm -hmm. and I'm still there and it's what it is now. And that's thrilling to be a part of as an actor because it's so, it's just so rare, you yeah. know? Wow. Amazing. And I, I love the fact that now, you know, TV series are being made and films are being made from video games like that's such an yeah. interesting you know transition in the entertainment world that that things are coming from the video game world so yeah, yeah. i think that's that's really exciting um and obviously yes you have a you have a huge fan base um and i know you go to comic cons and and you go to appearances and and how do you how do you find that because i know that i've been to a few and it is it's 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 quite an interesting experience, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah it can be. <laughs> <clears throat> and the first one I went to, I was such, oh, I was so naive. And so, well, I wasn't naive. I, I mean, how do you know about these things until you do them? Yeah. You know, uh, I, I was I was invited to Wales Comic Con, and I think that was in 20, 2015 or sixteen, something like that, and. Um, I kept asking uh, Jamie, who invited me, um, I kept saying, well, how does this work? You know, what do I do? What do I need to bring with me? And he was like, oh, no worries. We'll, we'll have prints for you to sign and stuff, you know, and we'll have Sharpies for the table. And, you know, um, just bring yourself. And, you know, and I was, and I was like, well, what do I charge? And he goes, well, you charge whatever you want. And I was like, but what do I charge? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't know. This is a whole world I don't understand. And I'd never been to a Comic-Con. Yeah. So the whole thing felt like a wonderful, and I do mean that wonderful mm -hmm. trial by fire, you know, it was like tickly fire, but it was, I was nervous. I was terrified yeah. and it was, but it's also, 
it's a wonderful environment. Uh, you know, you've experienced it. It's and anybody who has will say the same thing. I hope so. Uh, my experience has been that the comic cons are just so positive. Mm. You know, everybody's there to celebrate the things that they love. So it's not like, not that there's anything wrong with a football game, but you know, at a football game, there are by the very nature of it, two sides. Yeah. yeah you know, so yeah. there's, there's a competitive spirit and, um, there's just the competitive spirit at a comic con is a really, really friendly one. Yeah. So yeah. it's just a beautiful place to be. Yeah. And I think it's so nice, you know, being a voice actor in video games, it's different to other types of kind of acting genres because we don't see, we don't get to see our audience. We don't get, to, you know, there's not a lot of kind of feet. We don't get very much feedback. We go into the studio, we read our lines, the director says, yeah, great. And then we go home and we kind of move on with our lives. So to go to Comic-Cons, to go to signing events and meet fans, meet people who have played the games and, and get their feedback and how they feel about your character and how they've lived with with our with our voices in the character. You know, it's 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 an amazing experience and it's it's really touching. I was very yeah, I found it very touching how people talk about the effect you know that that hmm. my characters had on their lives and you know has helped them in difficult times and and i just yeah that's i think that's really quite incredible yeah it is it's so unique and i mean you you asked before i can't remember exactly what the question was but you know what's it like to be part of a you know a big title like that like the witcher and it's weird because it's um i game acting is weird it's wonderful mm. but it's weird um <laughs> You know, someone who has played a major role in a television or film, a television series or a film or something like that, um, they they get recognized when they go places. Yeah. yeah. And one of the great benefits of of being part of something where you know the character doesn't look anything like me is that I don't mm. get recognized. So I feel like I'm I'm able to enjoy my my little lovely bit of celebrity without all yeah. all the really horrible stuff that can come with it yeah because i can yeah. i can go around to the store and buy milk and nobody nobody knows anything which is how yeah. it should be <laughs> definitely, definitely. <laughs> and um i don't think i would want it you know any other way really um you know, I know people who have had that experience of being in on a television show or in a film that went really big and and then suddenly, you know, people recognize them on the street and they're like, Well, it's it's kinda cool the first couple of times and then, you know, depending on how much it happens, it can it can be really awkward. You know, and, and not that they don't like it, it but but that it can be overwhelming and it can be weird. So it's kinda nice that we're kind of anonymous as voice actors, you know. Yeah. We we just can kind of go on with our lives. And if, if we choose to emerge from our little voice booth shell, mm. <laughs> then we <Yeah>. can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A little chrysalis. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and so let's, let's talk a little bit about acting because I know that you, you know, you're a, a, an amazing actor. What do you think makes a great actor? What do I think makes a great actor? Wow, that's a big question. It's a big question. You're hitting hard, <laughs> Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Okay, well, I, I I think I I have to preface this with you know this is my own opinion. Yeah. Um. Everybody will have different opinions. Uh, a great actor as a voice actor or just in general? Um, I do I I'm do gonna, yeah. consider myself just an actor, really. Not yeah. You know. I think I think in general because I think and and then there is the voice acting, which is slightly, but it's but it's all acting. So yeah, I think yeah. What, what makes a what makes a great actor. I think. Oh, it's such a loaded question, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever I say is bound to offend somebody. Um, I think that really good actors, I mean, great actors, that's something I don't know that you can really quantify what it takes to do that. You know, great mm -hmm. actors just are. Yeah. They're a combination of things that sometimes they have no control over. Yeah. But what makes a good actor, someone who can become a great actor with the yeah. right environment and situation and everything else, a good actor, I think, is somebody who um, has a vivid imagination and is able to access it. Yeah. Um, they're not afraid of that imagination. Mm. I think it's really easy for an artist of any kind to shut themselves down uh, simply through fear of um, a, mm, appearing to be something they're not or appearing mm. to have opinions that are not their own yeah. or just being afraid to go someplace unfamiliar or slightly scary. So I think having a good a really good and vibrant imagination that you are willing to go to yeah i think that's a key factor um especially for voice acting i always yeah you know when people ask me what's the difference between working on camera or on stage and working on mic and one of the things i always say is well you know, when you're working on stage, particularly, mm -hmm. but also when you're working on camera, more often than not, you have scene partners, you have a set that you can interact with that helps stimulate your imagination, you have costume, you have, uh, you know, you have all of that stimulation around you to help you immerse yourself in the world of the character. And as a voice actor, you're locked in a booth wearing your own clothes um that are more more likely than not they have nothing to do with the character that you're playing um you're wearing headphones on your head you're you can't move a lot you know your your movement is limited a little bit not not greatly limited but enough you're reading from a script often for the first time you don't have other actors to interact with quite often so it, it becomes a whole different thing so your imagination has to go into overdrive when you're voice acting because that's all you got yeah yeah absolutely and it is it is you have to be able to i think you have to be able to go back to that childlike state you know mm. kids are amazing at their they're just so accepting of you know right okay we're going to go to the moon right let's strap in there's not kind of mm, i'm not sure why are we going to the moon or what's you know you, you 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 just do and i think with voice acting you have to just do there is no time to you know when you're particularly in video games you don't have time to kind of 
think about, you know, lots of different things going on. You have to just completely commit and be in the moment and just go for it. Absolutely. And you don't even have rehearsals. I mean, if, if you're doing performance capture, if, if you're fortunate to be doing performance capture, then you do have some rehearsal, but it's very brief. It's really mm. just to set, you know, to set marks on in, in the volume and, and to make sure that everybody knows what they're doing. And then, then you have to turn it on. You know, you go from, you know, in terms of acting level, uh, you know, in that rehearsal, you might be kind of at 20 or 30 percent or maybe a bit more if you're, you know, if you have the time and the energy to do it. But then then, you know, when you know, when <laughs> when they call rolling, you know, you have to be 100 percent there yeah. and um, with very little prep. And performance capture, you have mm. you're in a strange suit dots and often you have like a very heavy camera and a massive light yeah. shining in your face and yeah you have to do an intimate yeah. scene with all this weird stuff so yeah it is you you really have to be able to go <laughs> I, to your imagination I, yeah i love that you just said an intimate scene because it, it's i'm i'm not, I'm not going to go down to, to the sex thing but that does exist you know people do do that with the face rigs and stuff like that on you know and it's i can't imagine i've never done that but uh it is awkward because you know if you have if if you if you haven't seen what the face rigs look like um you know they they stick out a good yeah what uh eight inches from your from yeah. your nose and they're heavy as well and they're heavy yeah yeah so it, like, you know when you said intimate i immediately thought you know two people <laughs> who are romantic or something are trying to be romantic but they can only you have to dodge each other's uh face cams and all that stuff <laughs> you know it's yeah. weird uh, again i haven't done it but i can just imagine it must be a bit of a nightmare <laughs> yeah it's it's a it's a funny funny world that we live in in terms yeah. of you know this you know voice acting and video games and performance capture and but it is so much fun so much fun and i just had a crazy thought i wonder what role intimacy coordinators have in performance capture with full head rigs Oh, yeah. How, because like you know i i mean i'm sure they've i'm sure they've got a a, a system of working in that environment i'm just now yeah. i'm curious now i want to know more i know how they <laughs> might work with two actors working on a film set or in a in a stage yeah. play but what about in a volume with uh you know with with all the performance capture paraphernalia how does that work <laughs> I, just, I don't know i just don't know Anyway, we'll have to find somebody. I'll have to find someone and bring them on to the podcast. Oh, I know somebody. Us. I can, I can, I can pass a name on to you. Somebody who'd probably be yes, very please. happy to talk to you. Yeah. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Definitely. Let's do that. Let's do that. Fab. Okay. So, um, you have booked lots of roles, um, but obviously you've auditioned, um, for you know roles, and that's part of being an actor, a voice actor. Um, have you got any advice for anybody who's struggling with their booking rate? right now oh gosh yes i probably do but i think uh wow i've been very fortunate um in a number of ways and although i do have to go and look for work i don't have to hump it quite the same way as somebody who's starting out yeah so um, gosh, advice for booking rates. I have to say, social media is so important now. 
it's yeah. a shame in many ways because it's it's an imperfect medium not mm -hmm. not that anything that we actors today work in is perfect at all but social media is just so ripe for yeah. getting it wrong it's easy to do. It's easy to get it wrong and a little bit harder to claw yourself back from getting it wrong. Um, and I don't want to scare anybody. That's not to, you know, to say don't, yeah. don't engage. It just, it's, you know, there are ways to engage and ways not to engage. And sometimes yep. that can be a, a little bit of a gray area. Mm. I think that for an actor, particularly an actor starting out in this business, Social media is your friend, and yeah. it's, and you've got to make it your friend. Yeah. Um, and you got to be on all those friends. <laughs> yeah. Um, and understand them. And I don't claim to understand them nearly as well as some of my colleagues do. I, there will be people listening to this who I'm sure have a grasp of social media and how the algorithms work and how mm -hmm. the different platforms, how their reach works differently. That's not my specialty at all, so I can't yeah. really speak to that. But I can say that it is super important. And people, uh, this is my opinion, again, uh, people say that casting directors and producers don't look at social media. They do. Of course they do. Yeah. Yeah. They want to know you're not a jerk. Yeah. Uh, you know, if nothing else, they just want to make sure that you're not, you know, marching around in Nazi uniforms on the weekend and posting it on your Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> to, to, to use a, a horrible image. Um, but they do, they do check people out. Yeah. And so the, the more you can have a presence online on social media that is positive, um, industry focused, and that is exploring th this thing that you're doing, the better yeah. people are interested. They're interested in your journey. Um, even if they don't know it. Um, and it may be that they see 10 of your posts and think nothing of you. And then it's that one post that you probably the one that you did while you were on the train, having taken a picture at an exhibition or something that you just thought was a bit fun. And you go, ha, ah, this will be fun. My friends will like this. And that's the one that gets you the notice. Yeah. It's, it seems to be that's the way how it, it seems to work. Uh, <laughs> the yeah. more you plan it. I mean, you, you do have to plan it, but sometimes my experience is the more you plan it, the less effective it becomes. Mm. But you do have to be aware of what you're doing, um, which is what I was saying before. You know, it, you can easily get it wrong. I think social media is a huge, hugely important tool for actors looking to get gigs. Mm. Um, so there's that. Um, the other thing is, um, networking, just general networking, yeah. going to, uh, going to things like, what do you, uh, I don't know. Are you happy for me to name names of things or? Yes. Get your yeah. game on. <laughs> yeah, I was going to mention, get your game on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I was, yeah. yeah, I was going to, I was going to say things like EGX, which is a fan expo, fantastic yeah. thing to go to. And you meet loads of other uh, actors, loads of developers, loads of, you know, people who are producing video games, loads of, uh, just fans as well. People, you know, other people like yourself who just love games. And if you don't love games, don't go to it. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> but, you know, things like EGX, things like, um, I mean, 
I went to Insomnia recently, and Insomnia is a, is a comic con, but it doesn't do television and film. It only does games. It's all about mm -hmm. gaming, and, um, and much like EGX. So that's another one to go to where you can just meet people, you know, and uh, and have fun. I suppose the difference is that Insomnia is more about the fan experience, where EGX has a really strong developer focused element. Yep. So if you, if in terms of networking, um, you know, something like EGX uh, is a really good place to go because you can sit down and play the games that the indie developers are, are, are showing to people yeah. and sharing and you can talk to them. You can say, well, this is an awesome game. By the way, I'm a voice actor. Yeah. Here's my card or whatever. You know, if you ever find yourself, you know, wanting to put some voices in your game or whatever, just, you know, I'm, I'm available. Let me know. Um, more importantly, though, ask them about their game. Yeah. Yes. You know, yes, this definitely. is the, I, a friend of mine said recently, I think it was a friend of mine. I could be making this up, Rachel, for all I know. <laughs> um, and you might have heard a similar thing, but somebody said recently, um, oh, net, you know, networking, everybody makes a big deal about it. But really, it's just talking about things you enjoy with people you've just met who have the same interests. So it's more like friend working, isn't it? Yes. Just, just uh, talking to people who you don't know are your friends yet. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think the, the networking can, you know, for some people, it's such a big heavy word of like, oh my God, I've got to go and I've got to have an elevator pitch and I've got to talk about myself. And, and actually that's, yeah. that's the wrong way to go into networking. It's about, asking questions and and just mm. being a human being and, and being interested in the other person and, yeah. and building relationships that's that's what it's all about and helping other people i think is is a really important way to to think about networking if you can go into a scenario and think right okay how can i help somebody here whether it's connecting yeah. them with something someone else or or sharing some advice that you've heard um that's yeah that's where it works yeah, the power of networking is not in selling yourself. It's in yeah. um, empowering making others, friends. really. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, empowering others and making friends, definitely. I love that. So on that lovely note of empowering people and making friends, uh, we're going to take a short break to hear from our amazing sponsors. You are listening to the VoiceOver Hour podcast season four, brought to you by the VoiceOver Network, sponsored by Sennheiser, Focusrite, Audio-Technica, and Elements Demos. This podcast is powered by the Focusrite Vocaster and the Sennheiser USB microphone. Founded in Japan in 1962, Audio-Technica has grown to design critically acclaimed headphones, turntables and microphones, building on its passion for listening and retaining the belief that high-quality audio should be accessible to all. From live concert tours and recording studios to theatres, educational facilities and houses of worship, there are also millions of music enthusiasts, gamers and content creators who use Audio-Technica products every day. Check out the Audio-Technica website, audio-technica.com. Having the right demo is so important as a voice actor. In fact, it's one of the most important marketing tools you need to have. Now, I created Elements Demos because I wanted to make sure that voice actors have the best demos to go out to get work 
and to get more representation. I have an amazing team of scriptwriters, sound engineers and directors all working with you. Check out elementsdemos.com for more information. Okay, so we are back with Doug Cockle talking about um, empowering people and making friends. Um, but yes, yeah, so um, in terms of, you know, you, you've had an amazing career, you've lots of great successes, um, but I want to just um, talk about challenges. Would you be willing to share a challenge that you've had in your career and how you overcame it? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, actually, Rachel, I, I didn't mention before but I'm going to mention it now, Get Your Game On, because I shared this challenge at Get Your Game On um, a year or two ago. Uh, really enjoyed it, by the way. Yeah, if yeah. you're listening to this for the first time and you um, and you don't know what Get Your Game On is, Get Your Game On is the voiceover networks. Um, uh, they do it in London and L.A. And it's um, it's just an event for people who want to get into voiceovers for games um, some people who are experienced, some people who aren't, you know, it's the whole broad spectrum of people who go to this event and they have wonderful speakers. And I was, I was very pleased to be a speaker at, at, uh, at one of these events, um, like I said, a year or two ago, and I had a great time and I shared, uh, at that event, um, something that happened to me and I'll, I'll share it really briefly here, but as a challenge, and I think it's really good for anybody starting out. Um, so those those who know me or know my work know me as Geralt of Rivian the Witcher, but I almost wasn't um, because after Witcher 1, the developers wanted to to kind of go back to the drawing board and do things differently. And so part of that was, was recasting. And I found out through a friend that they were casting Witcher 2. And uh, he had auditioned for Geralt of Rivia. And I was like, oh, no, what's I don't what have I done? You know, but um, I called up somebody I knew at CD Projekt and I said, I just heard that you're you're casting Witcher 2. And um, I had a great time doing Witcher 1. And, you know, I'd love to come back if you'll have me. And if you'd like me to do another audition, I'm happy to do that. And we had a chat and they went back to the director and and they came back to me and said, yes, you can. We want you back as Geralt. But that hadn't been on the cards. So that the message in this is you're going to get setbacks. You're going to get things are going, things are, people are going to say no to you. Um, you're going to be disappointed. You're going to have hard times. You're going to have moments where you don't know what to do. Um, and they're all going to be challenges and they're all challenges that you can overcome. And I overcame my particular challenge in that moment of time by getting over my ego and, and, pushing aside all the, all the thoughts that were telling me I had done something wrong or I hadn't been good enough or whatever it was. And I called and said, I'm, I'm up for doing this again. Um, which is a scary thing to do mm. because for me anyways, and a, a lot of fellow artists will say the same kind of thing. You know, we, we doubt ourselves all the time. Yeah. It's a constant battle to, to maintain your confidence and your positivity in the face of what can feel like constant negativity coming at you because people are, you know, you go to auditions and you get no after no after no after no. And it's easy to internalize that. 
Um, so I guess what I'm trying to say, uh, you know, that particular challenge, it certainly, it taught me something. And I, I think uh, hopefully what you're hearing from me is don't be afraid to just put yourself out there and, and despite the doubts that you're having, go for it. And as long as you're going for it in a positive, um, life affirming way, then, you know, that's all good. I don't know if that's answered your question. I mean, I think that it's such a hard business. There's so many reasons in this business why people might feel bad about themselves or their work or what they're doing. Mm. And sometimes maybe they're legitimate. You know, sometimes maybe you weren't good enough. Yeah. Um, but the, the thing is to, to just keep telling yourself, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. Maybe I need more training. Maybe I need a, a different framework. Maybe I, you know, maybe I need to reframe how I'm thinking about yep. something. Um, but you can do this. And, and I think that's a constant challenge for, for anybody doing this kind of work. Definitely. Definitely. You know, that's so helpful. I know that that's going to resonate with a lot of people listening. Um, because, and just, just knowing that, all everybody has that negative voice like we all have that it doesn't matter how successful you are you know whether you're a voice actor or an entrepreneur or you know a politician we all have that negative voice and and i think it it's about how we frame it and how we you know relate to it and have conversations with it as well and what we let it affect um and it's something that you know that we can all work on, you know, mindset and, and and dealing with all of that because it is it is a challenging industry and yeah we you know you just don't know you know and and sometimes you know we do do roles as a as a voice actor for a I I did one once um, my little kind of thing I remember I did um it was a radio ad years ago and it was a really big one and I was so excited about it and I told all my friends and everyone was listening out on the radio for this advert and my friend got in touch and they were like um I heard it but it doesn't sound anything like you what anyway i was listening out for listening and then i heard it and i was like that's really odd what have they done to my voice that doesn't sound anything like me and i got in touch with my agent and they'd recast it and i was horrified oh "Oh my god they must have hated me you know but who knows why they be you know and that does happen in in the voiceover industry and it had not it had nothing to do with me it was just you know somewhere along the line somebody said actually no i want to go for this voice or maybe it was you know the producer's daughter you know whatever it was that reason why they decided to but yes so we have those moments (laughs) as voice actors and yeah it's just it's part of it you just have to kind of you know take it and 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 roll with it yeah i've i've been in films where I had really good stuff that, that we shot and, um, and I, you know, I, I, I've only ever played the lead once in an independent film and that was great fun, but it, um, it's one of those things where, you know, it's so disappointing when you know that you did stuff and then you go to see the film. I mean, one of the ones that I was really, I wasn't disappointed, but it was one of those moments when you just feel ever so slightly crushed as as a as an actor and as a person you know i I did this film called rain of fire and and um it was a fantastic film uh uh, you know you know if if you like that kind of film it's great um and 
we filmed all this fantastic footage that I was really excited to see myself in. You know, I was like, oh, I can't wait for that scene. And then it becomes one of these kind of blink and you'll miss me kind of films oh, for me. And yeah. I was, I sat in the theater all by myself watching it, waiting for these scenes. And one after another, they weren't there. And then I was, I was like, oh, man. <laughs> Oh, at least you didn't take your whole family. <laughs> yeah. Lizzie, you kind of got, yeah. got a hit on your own. Wow. Mom, dad, granny, grandpa. <laughs> yeah. Cousin it over here next to me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. It's, it's, it's a funny industry that we work in, but it is amazing and magical. And there are just so many awesome people, which I think, you know, it, it attracts the kind of slightly wacky, but fun people. Yeah. 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 So, okay. Oh my gosh. I know we could keep talking. There's loads more to talk about, but uh, we're going to have to wrap this up. So, I want to ask you, and this is always my final question, but um, that's a big one. <sighs> da, da, da. Um, Doug, what would you say? What advice would you give to a younger Doug? <laughs> what advice? Um, my brain just went all kinds of places like 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 the real Doug, like me 25 years ago. And then I was like, no, 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 just a, a, an actor like me 25 years ago. But now, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, oh, yes. wait, wait, how, oh, yeah, how do you yeah, answer yeah. the question? Um, yeah. I, well, I think I've kind of already given it in, a, in some ways because I think that I was blessed uh, maybe through my parents or just through sheer arrogance, maybe with a level of confidence that got me through the hard times. Yeah. Um, I mean, not that it was always easy, but I think if I could go back, actually, you know what? Maybe that's the advice I would give to a younger Doug is if I could go back and advise myself, I think I would tell myself that you don't know as much as you think, you know, <laughs> I would give that advice to myself now, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You don't know as much as you think, you know, mm. and that's not necessarily bad. You know, that that's not saying you're a bad person or you have no experience or you don't know anything. It's that I think it's really easy. And I found that I do this very easily and I have to stop myself. I, um, Uh, how do I put this? Um, I, uh, I can very easily offer advice thinking that I know more than I actually know. Mm. It's a, it's a, it's something I, I do and I recognize it in myself. So I try not to do it. Um, and it's not that I don't know things, but it's that, uh, I suppose what I'm trying to say is it's easy to feel like you already know what you need to know to move mm. forward. Yeah. And actually, we can all do more training. We can all um, gain more experience. We can all read more books. We can all yeah. um, it just improve our knowledge all the time. I think it's really easy to just go, I know what I know. And now I, now yeah. I'm a professional and really a professional is someone who continues to grow and, and 
and learn new things and um and not just in terms of acting in terms of life and being a human being um i i think in the last i don't know five or ten years or so i've really started to embrace in a way that i perhaps didn't before when i was younger i've embraced knowing that i don't know very much Yeah. There are a lot of things I think I do know because of the experiences I've had, the books I've read, the classes I've taken, all those kinds of things. But I now kind of just realize I know nothing. Um, or rather, I know that there's a lot more that I don't know than what yeah. I do know. Yeah. So yeah. have an inquiring mind and keep it inquiring, keep it open explore those possibilities i i was asked once as well i think this is really good advice as well when i first started out doing voices in video games was not a job it wasn't a thing um 1999 was my first gig as a voice actor in a video game 1999 um i mean that wasn't far off from the 16-bit sound video games you know where it was if you had a voice uh, in a game it was a woohoo you know, yeah. I'm thinking of Mario and things like that. You know, there yeah. weren't yeah. voices in games and there certainly weren't these wonderful, immersive narrative storytelling games that there are now. Mm-hmm. The point I'm making is that at that time, um, doing voices in video games as an actor was a, just a very little, it was a tiny bit looked down on. It wasn't considered mm-hmm. real acting. Yeah. But I never let that bother me because I really liked video games and I, and it was a, it was an avenue I had never considered mm. that wasn't particularly cool, yeah. um, wasn't recognized as real acting in the industry, mm. but I did it anyways because I enjoyed it and I thought this is really fun and, and, and hey, they're paying me to do this yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, and how that's relevant today to a younger Doug is, you know, technology is moving on all the time. There's all this cool stuff happening and stuff. Everybody wants to be a voice actor now in games mm-hmm. or a voiceover artist doing, you know, adverts and audiobooks and whatever. And that's all great stuff. It's all really good stuff. But who knows what's going to come around the corner in the next few mm-hmm. years that people might be poo-pooing on the yeah. sidelines, you know, going, that's not real acting. That's mm. not real work. And it might just be something that you're really, really interested in. And it may turn into a career. Mm. So keep your mind open to the possibilities. You know, it's what you now think of as the path that you want your career to take may not be the path that you will take. Um, but only if you're open to the possibilities of something else cropping up and being completely out of the realms of the possibilities you had in your own mind. I love that. Being open to the possibilities. Awesome. Amazing. Amazing advice. And um, and anyone who's listening, you know, in terms of training, you know, and I do think what you were saying about learning and, and continuing to learn like as human beings is so, so, so important. And we've got lots going on at the voiceover network. So uh, if you do want to come and check us out, uh, if you're not a member yet, we have amazing opportunities to come and join. We've launched some some new tiers of our membership. So do come and check them out. Uh, if you're starting out, there's a level for you. If you're a pro, there's a level for you. So there's there's a lot going on. 
Yeah, and if you haven't been, or if you don't know about, or haven't been to a get your game on, I highly rate it. Um, I like I said, I went a few years ago, and I had a great time. Fantastic people, lots of information, learning, good coffee. I mean, that's yes. that's good enough reason to go, really, <laughs> isn't it? But yeah, fantastic. Check out get your game on. It's worth it. Um, I met some amazing speakers there, and, and some just wonderful people. So very, very much worth your your effort and time to go and do it yeah thank you and thank you so much doug for joining me for this episode of the voiceover hour podcast it's been awesome i know we could keep talking there's loads more to talk about but um we'll have to get you back uh, maybe for you know the next season or for something else coming in the future let's see yeah Awesome. I'd love to come awesome. back for whatever it is, Rachel. And in the meantime, yes. you know, best of luck. I I've seen all these new tiers and stuff like that in the Voiceover Network. It's really exciting stuff. So, I'm excited for you. you. Yeah, the Thank the you. evolution of Vaughn. Yes, yes. Lots happening, lots happening. Wonderful. Well, thank you again, Doug. And um, thank you, everybody, for joining us today. And make sure you check out the next episode of the Voiceover Hour podcast. Thank you for listening to the VoiceOver Hour podcast, Season 4. Brought to you by the VoiceOver Network. With special sponsors Sennheiser, Focusrite, Audio-Technica, and Elements Demos. My name's Rachel Naylor. Join me for the next episode taking you behind the scenes in the voiceover industry.